Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to you all. How are we doing this evening? We're doing well? Amen, amen. Glad to be here for this midweek worship. Now, what we'd like to do at this time, if you're able, we would uh, love for you to stand and join us in singing hymn 368, hymn 368, He Brought Me Out. Hymn 368, He Brought Me Out, and then we'll have an opening word of prayer. He brought me out, hymn 368. Hymn 368, he brought me out. Sing along. My heart was distressed in Jehovah's dread frown. And low in the pit where my sins dragged me down. I cried to the Lord from the deep fiery clay. having us to have a mind to come together as a body of believers, Lord, to this place to partake of your word as well as sing praises to your name. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you just bless this hour, bless the preaching of your word. It is in the name of Jesus we ask. Amen and amen. And you may be seated for singing that last hymn so beautifully. We ask that you turn to hymn 651, hymn 651. Since I have been redeemed. This may be a little one a little more familiar to us. <laughs> Since I have been redeemed, hymn 651. I will glory in my Savior's name. 
witness bright and clear since I have been Tonight, Bible study and prayer time. We're awful glad that you're here tonight. Thank you so much for coming. It's always a thrill to be in church. I'd rather be with God's people than anywhere else. Amen. I just love being with God's people. It beats Disneyland to pieces. Six flags, nothing. Church, the best. Amen. Let me give you some announcements before we continue. Um, the, uh, don't forget about 23 and 23. We're looking for 23 people who will be here at 8.30 in the morning on Sunday morning to pray with us. You don't have to do it. You don't have to pray out loud. You can just sit in a pew or anywhere in the auditorium you'd like to and pray uh, with us uh, as we uh, pray for the, our, the church for the month of March and for God to continue to move as he has been already in our church, and I want to encourage you to be a part of 23 and 23. Then don't forget about uh, Saturday, uh, Friday, uh, ladies' uh, kitchen cleanout day. Ladies' kitchen cleanout day. And so we'll be working on that starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. Miss, Mrs. White will be here. They'll be back tomorrow. Uh, they'll be traveling in the morning. They're trying to get here before any storms get here or any worse storms. Uh, and so I'll be praying for them that they get here. But um, that'll be Ladies' Kitchen Cleanout Day, Friday morning, 10 o'clock. And, of course, uh, on Saturday uh, morning at 8.30 in the morning, men's prayer breakfast. We'll get together. We'll eat some breakfast. We'll pray together. It, by the way, there is no cost to this for the people who come. It's a part of our church ministry to help you and be a blessing to you. Amen. It's a time of prayer. It's a time of, uh, of Bible study. Right. And then uh, fellowshipping around the, <laughs> the best thing we can fellowship around, food. Um, mostly uh, bacon, amen. Did anybody go out and look in their car at their vents and see if they had bacon in their car? I know I did, amen. And uh, uh, But anyway, a men's prayer breakfast, and immediately after a men's prayer breakfast, about 9.30 or so, we'll start demolition of our kitchen. And we need every man that we can get, amen. We need uh, help to pull up the floor. Uh, we've done some work in preparation for the counters, and we got them kind of broken loose, and ready to go. We do have someone who's asked if they could have the counters, and we, we, we told them they could, uh, and so we don't want to break them up or cut them up. We do have the, the, the uh, center section or the section that's glued to each other. We've got those separated today, and uh, we're ready to get those out, and we need to move all the big equipment that's in the kitchen and move it into the fellowship hall, rip up the floor, take down the cabinets, take the, the I need help. You need help. We all need help. So if you can come and help, uh, that'll be about 9.30 in the morning. But if you come early at 8.30, you get to eat with us. And get a free breakfast to go along with it to give you the strength to go on. Of course, if I don't eat breakfast, I'd rather just go back to bed. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and take a look at our prayer sheet tonight. If you did not receive a prayer sheet, if you'll hold your hand up, Brother John, our usher, will give you a, a prayer sheet real quick. Anyone need a prayer sheet tonight? Well, good. Good job, Brother John. You got them out well. Good job. Uh, please pray for Harold M Malwitz. He's in the hospital in Denton. Um, he uh, he has uh, he cannot get his heart under control as far as the beating. Uh, so they're going to do a heart oblation tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, about three o'clock or so. Uh, so pray for him. They were supposed to have it today, but things got delayed and 
it didn't happen, and so pray for him uh, as he goes into surgery. Now, let me say this, that I got a chance to spend some time with uh, him and Brenda in the hospital, and I asked them the question, you know, yes. you died today, you know for sure you're going to heaven? Yes. And he said these words. Pastor White sat down with me when, over the, all these things, and I, and I did what he said. I said, so you prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save you? He said, yes, I did. Well, praise the Lord. I've been praying for Brother Harold to get saved for a long time. And now I find out he is. That's a wonderful thing. So please pray for him. Pray for the surgery. Pray for Miss Brenda. She's running back and forth. She doesn't have the energy of a young person anymore. Amen. And so she can't see well at nighttime when she drives, like m many of us that are getting older. And so uh, pray for her as she drives back and forth and does all the things she needs to do to be a blessing to her husband, Harold. So pray for them as well. Continue to pray for those that are on our prayer list, those who have cancer. Uh, we have uh, um, uh, Christina Stewart is a new one on our prayer sheet there. She has cancer. Uh, she's a, a family member of one of our church members, and so be praying for them. Continue to pray for Lauren DeVito as, uh, as she spent time in the hospital last week. I'm not sure how many knew that last week and then uh, was able to get out. The baby wanted to come early. That's not a good thing. Amen. So they gave her some medication to settle it down, and then she had spent the week in, in bed, continuing to let their body settle down, and she's up and around now doing some things. She's here tonight, in fact, uh, with the youth department upstairs. Uh, and so you pray for her that the baby will wait, amen? The yes. baby will wait, because you can't it, it, pray for her, okay? Uh, of course, pray for Miss Cruz, Leah, as she's expecting as well. Uh, there's a lot of little colds and flus and fevers and stuff going out and around. Right. It's that time of year. Right. So there's people out today that would normally be here. So you'd be praying for them as, as we do that. And then, of course, uh, pray, continue to pray for our missionaries. Pray for uh, uh, Tori Leslie as she continues to recover from her, from her knee. Uh, um, uh, and so pray for our country. Pray for our president. Be nice if he got saved. Be nice if he walked up there and he'd say, you know, I was thinking the other day, somebody told me how to ask Jesus to come in my heart, and I did that. And I didn't even kiss a little girl or have anybody rub their leg up or hand up and down my leg. Wouldn't it be wonderful if he could give a testimony of Jesus Christ as a Savior? Unfortunately, he says those other things. That's why I said that. But it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Couldn't it change everything? Couldn't it change everything in our lives? If our president would receive Christ as Savior, pray for him. Pray for our Congress. Pray for our Supreme Court. There's many decisions going down. And then continue to pray for those on our prayer list. Amen? All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer then. Father, we do thank you for the, I believe it's a gift that you've given us to come to your throne room and not have to pass any guards or any angels or be forbidden to come in. But we just get to come and see you, Daddy. We can run right through your throne room, run, jump right into your lap, wrap our arms around your neck and pray and tell you the things that are on our heart. And I thank you for that. And I thank you that you love us so much that you give us free access. Thank you for that. Thank you for allowing us to call you Papa or Daddy. Thank you for that. Thank you for this time that we could pray today as our church body meets together. Continue to keep our pastor and Miss White safe as they continue to travel back tomorrow. I ask that you guide and direct uh, them as uh, they come back from this little bit of vacation, a little hiatus they had after the preaching last week. And I ask that you guide and direct them. I ask that you continue to be with Harold uh, Malwitz and the doctors. Help them to know exactly what to do and put the scarring in there like it needs to be placed in there so that the heart gets back to a regular rhythm. Uh, and be a blessing to, to that family. We thank you for Lauren DeVito and, and how she's uh, uh, getting ready to give birth to, to the, uh, the new little fella. We thank you for that. We ask that you guide her and direct her and help her, help her body to stay uh, and uh, not, get, not deliver yet. Help her deliver when it's time. But you can take care of all that because you're the great physician. I can't do any of that. Our church can't do any of that. Even the doctors can't do any of that, but you can. So we're going to trust you for that. 
be with uh, Miss Leah as she's also expecting, uh, be with Christina Stewart as she's struggling with this cancer, keeps having more and more difficulties as a result of the cancer. Please be with her. Please be with Brother Rodrigo as he's going through cancer treatments. Thank you for Brother Dennis and Miss Susie. Continue to give them strength. Thank you for Brother Maker and Mrs. Maker. And I know that one of them did not feel well on Sunday and had to leave during the service. But I ask that you give their bodies strength. Continue to be with them and encourage them. Thank you for Miss Erica doing so very well. We appreciate that so much. Continue to be with Miss Jackson and continue to heal her from her strokes that she's had. Be with the Lund family as they're going through this difficult time. Be with uh, Brother uh, Gary and Miss Mary. There's a lot of things going on in both of their lives. And, uh, Lord, it would be nice for things to settle down just a little bit for them where they could take a deep breath and spend time with you. And I know you're in charge. I know that it's been ex exceedingly busy for them. So help them to find that time where they can just walk with you. I ask you to be with our soul winning outreach here at our church. We thank you that we could win the loss to you. Lord, we just love you. And we thank you for the very wonderful way you take care of us. I ask that you continue to give us souls here at Central Park. Help us to continue to have baptisms. I ask that you lead us and guide us and direct us to those who need to be saved, who want to be saved, so that they could hear the gospel message. Thank you for a preacher who stands for the King James Bible, stands for soul winning, stands for the old-fashioned way. Continue to bless him and strengthen him. Now, I ask that you be at the preaching tonight. I ask that you fill Brother Kevin with the power of your Holy Spirit. And then I ask that you bless this offering. We're thankful that you've uh, given us the privilege to give. Now bless our offering as we take it up in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, come and give it right now, please. time if you're able to rise we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 615 hymn 615 i will sing the wondrous story we'll do the first and last verses of hymn 615 first and last verses of hymn 615 615 i will sing the wondrous story afterwards please greet each other before we have tonight's bible study I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, how he left his home in glory for the cross of Calvary. Yes, I sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me, singing with a sexy glory gathered by. He will keep me till the river rolls as wide as at my feet. Then he'll bear me safely over where the loved ones I shall meet. Yes, I see the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints glory gathered by. Excited to be a part of the family of God, please greet your family members at this time. Thank you very much. Y'all may be seated. Well, thank you all for coming out tonight. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be here and get a chance to preach. 
and just give you the Word of God. But if you would turn your Bibles with me to Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah chapter 6, and if you would uh, stand at the reading of God's Word. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1, and we'll go all the way down to verse 9. And the Bible says, Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies, and these are just the enemies, uh, heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Then sent Sanballat his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time, with an open letter in his hand. Wherein was written, It is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. Verse 7, And that thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now it shall be reported to the king to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them with thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege to preach. I just pray that I could speak your words and, and, and feed your people. Um, Lord, uh, and I pray they would have open uh, eyes and open hearts and open ears to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, y'all may be seated. So, y'all know the book of Nehemiah, right? Uh, if not, I'll explain. The book of Nehemiah starts with a man named of Nehemiah, the king's cupbearer. You know, he tasted the food for the king before it was brought to him. But Nehemiah was burdened by what he saw at Jerusalem. He saw his city, his homeland, burned in fire, he saw it destroyed. And this was after God had already sent them to go build it. So if you all know, we know pastor has preached on Daniel. He's preached on the, during the times of the captivity. And, you know, we've talked about it. That they went into 70 years, and then God finally called them out and said, go. He stirred up the heart of, uh, the, stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus and commanded them to go. And now they stop the work again. So Nehemiah, he gets burdened by God, and he goes and does the work. He gets all settled up, he gets all his people, and he rouses them up, and they start building. And they start building. But of course, you all know, when you start building, you know, the enemy pops his head out. And I, that's one of the things that I want to talk to you about today. There's a couple, but we'll start off with this. That Nehemiah was facing opposition in the midst of the work. It says, Tobiah and Geshem, Sanballat, and the rest of our enemies. You know, these people, it doesn't matter their names. I mean, it kind of does, but they're just enemies. And Nehemiah was trying to do a great work. God's work. The ordered work of God. And they came and, and tried to scare him. They tried to stop him. And here we come to this portion of scripture, and Nehemiah tells them, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to continue the work of God. Why? Because God told him to. And I want to say this, when God says something, he won't go back on his word. Why? 
because he's ordained it to be. And I want to talk a little bit about that word ordain, ordinance. Do you know what an ordinance is? It's, uh, by definition, it's a decree, an order of legislative action by, you know, a king to do something. And once he's put that decree, once he's put that ordinance, it can't, he can't undo it. And would you turn with me to Ezra, chapter 1, it's just the book to the left. It says, verse 2, chapter 1, verse 2, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdom of the earth, and hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So right now, God put this work in action. It wasn't man's work. It wasn't just Nehemiah's work. It wasn't Ezra's work. It was God's work. He ordained it to be. But can I give you other examples of what an ordinance is? Let's say uh, an ordinance of, of nature, of, uh, I guess, of nature. Let's think about uh, uh, gravity. Gravity. You know when uh, an apple falls from a tree, it's always going to fall downward, right? Because of gravity. When you, uh, when you put 2 plus 2 into a calculator, it's always going to equal 4. Because that's just how science works. That's how math works. When water evaporates, when heated to a certain temperature, you know, when at 100 degrees Celsius, I bet you didn't know that. But what I'm getting at, that's an ordinance in nature. That's a law of nature. And you want to know what else ordinances? The Word of God. Turn with me to Psalm 119, verse 91. Psalm 119, verse 91. It says, They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. So there's ordinances of nature, there's ordinances of every type of thing, and then there's the ordinance of God, where he's put it so to be. Now, what I want to get to is that when Nehemiah was faced with opposition, he stayed to the work because God ordained the work to be. You know, when he was facing trials and, and when everything was not going his way, when the enemy was scaring him to death, when he was paralyzed in fear, he relied on one thing, the ordinance that God set upon the king's heart. Talking about people in opposition, uh, do you all remember Job? You know, Job, the guy who, who was the upright in all of his ways, a servant of God, right? He faced some opposition. He faced, he faced through a trial that was actually ordained by God. You know, Satan didn't say, hey, I want to go tempt this guy. God said, look at Job, my servant. And that's why Satan went. And Job, he was struggling through so much. He was questioning God. His friends who were supposed to come comfort him. And all they did was just condemn him. They said, you didn't do this right. You didn't do this right. You sinned. You did something wrong. That's why God doesn't want to heal you. That's why this happened to you. But Job was like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. And those accusers, those at opposition was something to test Job's faith. It was something to test Nehemiah's faith. And at the end of it, Job finally got to that place where God wanted him. He declared to God and he basically put his own self-righteousness up there and says, I don't deserve to be this way. God, why did you do this? And when God, when, when Job wanted an answer desperately, want to know what God gave him? He gave him more questions. Why is that? Well, turn with me to Job. Uh, just uh, a couple pages to your left. To Job 38. Job, in his bleakest moment, he, God shows up. Then... 
the Lord answered, Job 38 verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. He says, Job, you want an answer? How about you answer me? Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who has stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? You get the point. He showed him. The, there's, four more cha- there's three more chapters of this. And God gives him more questions and more questions and more questions. And he's saying, who do you think you are? You don't know nothing. But these questions, the correlation was God's creation, God's power, God's might. He said, who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? I, when I laid the foundations of the earth. You know who God is, right? The creator. He spoke everything to existence. He put ordinances in all of creation. Does that make sense? That he ordained this creation. He ordains his wood to be wood. (laughs) And my point is that God was showing Job that he is enough. That his promise is enough. That his word is enough. How? Because as God ordained the heavens, as an apple falls from the tree because of gravity, the word of God stands just as much. So what I'm saying is that when God promises, I will never leave thee and I will never forsake thee, it stands just as much as when that sun rises up in the morning because God ordained it to be. Does that make sense? That as you breathe in and you breathe in air, as real as that air is, that's how real God's word is. And that's one of my thoughts today, that in the midst of opposition, in in the midst of doing God's work, there's opposition. But what do you do when that opposition comes? What do you do? What did God show Job in the midst of all his problems? He showed him himself. He showed him literally all his glory. He took him through a whole sightseeing, I guess you could say. And you know what Job said at the end of it? You want, want to read it? Verse chapter 42 of Job. Chapter 42 of Job. It says, verse 1, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without, without knowledge? Therefore I, have I uttered that I understood not, things too wonderful, too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Verse 6, Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust, and ashes. God, the answer to Job's problem wasn't an answer. It was Christ. It was Him. And I know that sounds simple because, you know, God said it's the simplicity of the gospel. But why is it so simple? Because God ordained it to be. So, you know, look around you. You can make the application. Look around you. You turn on that light switch, that bulb lights up. You read the word of God and it says, His mercies fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It's just as true as that light bulb. And that's why Nehemiah cannot give up the work. Because God ordained it to be. You think about this, God wanted this. He wanted his people to come back to him, to come back to his temple, to come back to worship, to come back to build the work 
the, the house of God. So what is this work that we Christians have? Amen. Paul said in Philippians uh, 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he hath begun a good work in you. Well, he that ha- which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Philippians 3.10, uh, he says, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. I forgot in, Je- in Jeremiah, it says, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glory, glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness and judgment in the earth. For in these things I do delight, saith the Lord. What's the work of us? Well, it's to know him. It's to know him. I remember Brother Stephen Miller came at the preaching, the missions conference, and he just said one little phrase. He said, to know him and to make him known. And you can boil it down that simply, huh? To know him and to make him known. So how do you do this? You know, in the midst of opposition, when when Satan's beating you up, When he's literally just tearing you down and you got to keep doing the work of God. You know, what do you do? Well, you read the word of God. You might say, how does that make sense? We have real problems. We have real issues. How does me reading a book solve all my problems? Well, turn with me. Turn with me to 2 Peter. Chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. You remember Peter, right? He was impetuous. As they say, he always had his foot in his mouth. He always had something to say. He always had something to do. And he just stumbled everywhere, almost. But now he, he got it. Uh, verse, chapter 1 of 2 Peter, verse 16. He says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. You all remember the Holy Mount? You know, the Mount of Transfiguration? When Jesus uncloaked his glory and everything shined forth, the same glory that Job saw? You know, Jesus, I mean, <laughs> Peter is saying, you know, we, we didn't follow after just some person, some teacher, some prophet. We followed after the Christ Then he says, the Christ who we saw high and lifted up, shining in all his glory in the holy mount. We were eyewitnesses. But then verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Amen? Not by the will of man. But holy men of, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God ordained His Word to stand true. Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall not pass away. Peter was saying, We saw Jesus. But you know what we have? A more sure word of prophecy. We have the word of God. When Job saw all his problems fixed, when he saw Christ, Peter is saying, we saw Christ. And we, you know what's better? You know what's more? 
the word of God. But why is that? There's a lot of whys. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, Let's start at verse 11. Paul is talking about the law of Moses. And then he says, verse 11, For if that which is done away, you know, the Old Testament, well, not the Old Testament, but the old law by which they lived, was done away, was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. The New Testament. Jesus crucified. Jesus, you know how it said that the veil was rent in twain after he died? That the law was no more? That as Brother Marco said, we don't have to go to a high priest. We can come before his throne boldly. Paul says in verse 12, seeing then that we have such hope We use great plainness of speech, simplicity. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. Why? Because they didn't have faith. For until this day remaineth, the same veil, untaken away, in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil... Is done away in Christ. Verse 15. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. He's saying when those Jews read it, they don't understand it. When they read the Old Testament, you know, they don't understand it. When a lost person reads the Bible, they're not going to get it. But verse 16. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Paul said that liberty that Christ gives us, that we're not condemned to our sin anymore, that we're not bound to our sin. You know how Hosea was bought, and we're bought with the price? We're free. Verse 18, but we all, here's the verse, with an open face beholding as in a glass, a mirror, per se. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, as, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. You know what that means? When you read your Bible and you read it through the lens of faith and seeing Christ, the Bible says that by the Spirit of God, you're changed into the image of God from glory to glory. When Job saw Christ, And we see through Christ. We see Christ through the Bible. You're changed from glory to glory. And that's the work of God. Romans 8 says, Romans 8, verse 28. I have a hard time finding it sometimes. (laughs) And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Have you ever thought what that good is? Like, have you ever actually thought, when I read this verse and I think, yeah, everything works for, together for good, what's that good? What, what is that good? How about we read the next verse? For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that he might be the firstborn, firstborn among many brethren. What is saying? What this is saying is that when you get saved, God begins the greatest work of all mankind. What's that good? That you would be conformed to the image of Christ day by day by day. That's that good. To know him, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So my thoughts were today that in the midst of opposition, you know, because there's always going to be opposition. Let's never forget that. 
There's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be some problem that you just can't get fixed. And you know what the answer is? Christ. Just reading your Bible. Want to get back into the work of what God wants us to do? Just read the Word of God. And the Bible says that He'll do it. He said, in the Old Testament, He said, I will fight for you. He's going to change us by the Spirit of God from glory to glory. Why? Because that's the work of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I encourage you all today um, to read your Bible. Now you know how simple that means, or how simple that sounds, but now you know what that means. Because when you read your Bible, God does everything. He'll conform you, and he'll do the work. So can I ask you today, are you stopping God from doing the work in your life? You know, we have things we want. We want, we want to do things, but what does God want us to do? Amen? Preacher always talks about the new theme for, our, for the new year is stay the course. Just read your Bible. Pray. Stay close to God. Because when you read your Bible, God begins to do the work. Amen? God begins to do it all. The more you read your Bible, the more faith you get. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the more faith you have, the more you, you let God overcome in your life. And the more you'll yield. And the more he does. You know, when the, when the Israelites went to go conquer the land, because God told them, hey, I want you to go conquer that land. But you know what he told them? He said, I will give it to you little by little, that I may not consume you. Why? Because God will get the glory. And it's little by little. You just keep going. So I guess my message today is simply just read your Bible. Amen? Let's pray. Father, um, I thank you for this time that we got to. Thank you.